Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And today on the show, we're talking about the factors that are draining your cash flow on your investment property. Yes, we are going to talk about the main factors that really matter when you're putting together your property investment cash flows and which ones don't as much. Now, what we're going to do is usually we would take you through our very comprehensive return on investment calculator that models out all of these different factors and shows you the cash flow over 15 years. But today we're going to keep it a little bit more simple and I've created a new spreadsheet that just shows you the cash flow of an investment property in the first year if you are buying it today while interest rates are really high. Then what we're going to do is we're going to move through and just change one factor and show you how that would impact the cash flow of this investment property. That's going to help you understand hey, if I'm trying to save money on my investment properties, if I'm trying to improve the cash flow, how would I actually go about doing it? And what factors really move the needle? Now, Andrew, walk us through though. We've got a control property here. Walk us through the numbers of a standard investment property that somebody might buy today. Okay, so we're talking about a purchase price of $579,000, but with no cash deposit. So someone borrowing 100% of the purchase price with some against their own house and then the majority against the new rental property, we're working on a rental income of $500 per week, which is about 4.5% gross yield. Now, we always factor in two weeks a year vacancy, so the actual income for that property is $25,000 a year. But what I think a lot of people forget is you've got twenty five grand coming in, but today, while interest rates are high, your costs are going to be higher than your revenue. And so you are, as an investor, going to need to put in some of your own money because those costs are higher. So talk to us about the mortgage costs. So the mortgage cost is your main one. So if you're borrowing 100% at 6% interest rate and you're paying an interest-only mortgage, your mortgage is about $35,000 a year. So you're already negative $10,000 a year. Then you've got your other costs. So your property management, rates, insurance, maintenance. We've put in a residence association and allowing for an accounting. So all up, there's operating costs of another $10,000. So at the moment, this property makes a profit of negative $20,000 a year. So based on all of those costs and that interest rate of 6%, your weekly cash flow is negative $382. So you're putting in from your own pay packet $382 a week to supplement the rent coming in from this property. And a lot of people are going to be like, is that actually the reality today at today's interest rates? So you could have to top up this property by 400 bucks a week. And the answer is that is the reality in today's market if you're buying a new built investment property. It's really important to say that that is the fact if you are including all of those costs. So I know that a lot of property investors, when they're running the numbers on their investment properties, they might only look at the mortgage costs. And if you were to do that, you'd say, oh, this property is negatively geared by 200 bucks a week. That's okay. But there are a lot of other factors that you need to account for. Things like your property management, your rates, your insurance, your maintenance, all of these things are really important. So kind of negative 10 on your mortgage plus your negative 10k on your operating costs. But let's start to see which ones make a difference. And of course, one of the main ones is the interest rate. So why don't you change the interest rate, Andrew, by say a percent, and let's take a look at how that impacts the cash flow. Okay, so now I'm changing this to a lower interest rate, and what did you say? A percent off. So we'll work on 5% interest rate. Now your mortgage costs then drop to $29,000 a year, so a big change there. 
Obviously, none of the other costs are changing in this scenario. Your annual cash flow drops from negative 20,000 to negative 14,000, and your weekly cash flow drops from negative 382 to negative 271. Now, the most important part of that is you're about $110 a week better off. So if you change the interest rate by just 1%, we save about six grand a year and about $110 a week. Now, that is the reason why a lot of investors today are purchasing at a higher interest rate, but knowing that interest rates are likely to drop over the next couple of years, not straight away, but over the next couple of years. Now, it's probably important to mention as well, Andrew, well, why would anybody buy an investment property if you've got to top it up by 382 bucks a week? Well, I think the biggest thing is right now you're buying properties at a very low purchase price compared to perhaps where we imagine that they ought to be. Now, the expectation there is that we're going to probably see some growth over the next couple of years while interest rates come down. So yes, you're buying at a high interest rate environment, but you're also buying at a discount today. Okay, so if we lowered the interest rate by 1%, then we'd save about $110 a week. But the other thing that we should change is also the mortgage type. So we have run these numbers on the basis that the mortgage is paid at interest only. So let's keep the 6% interest rate, but I'm going to change it to principal and interest over a 30-year term. And what that shows is that the weekly cash flow that you'd have to top up that property by has gone up to $515 a week. So if we compare it to our control, our original one, we are now paying about an extra $130 a week because we've moved to principal and interest. Now, a lot of people say, Ed, why do you often recommend interest-only loans to investors? And the reason is this, that in this example, it's costing the investor an extra $130 a week and at a time where you're already having to top up that investment property by quite a lot, that extra 130 bucks may be a bit of a stretch for some property investors, which is one of those reasons. And that's probably why a lot of investors might go interest only today. But say in five years, when the interest only comes up for renewal, if the interest rates are down lower, maybe they were around the 4% mark, maybe then they've got enough cash flow to be able to pay down principal without it taking a lot from their pay packet every week. Now, Andrew, one other major factor is the amount of cash deposit. So you've assumed here that the investor is borrowing all of the money to invest. Yeah, let's say that the investor had $150,000 sitting in their bank account. So rather than use equity against their existing house or existing rental properties, they use actual cash for the deposit. So if I put $150,000 in, which is a chunky deposit, and we now borrow $429,000, again, all the same numbers, interest rate at 6%. Our mortgage cost goes down from, originally it was $35,000 and it drops down to $26,000. Our weekly contributions drop to $209 a week. So it does have a big impact there. And that's why it always says every property can be cash flow positive, you've just got to have more cash to put into it. Absolutely. So in that case, you're saving about $170 per week. You see, the trouble with cash flows, there's so many more factors that come into it. So in this example, we've got the same property, the same purchase price, the same rent, but you can have vastly different cash flows based on how you set it up, the interest rate you have, the mortgage type you have, whether you use a cash deposit. 
And the other thing I want to focus on is the yield of the property. Now, in this case, we've said that this property has a yield of about 4.5%. But Andrew, what would we consider a high yield property for a new build? For a new build, probably a gross of 6%, say? So I'm going to jerry-rig this and just increase oh yeah, the rent. Okay. No, do that. $700 a week. I want to get to 6%. Okay, so if we said that this property was able to earn $670 per week, that would mean that it had a gross yield of 6%. Now, in order to do that, you wouldn't be buying a, a new-built townhouse, which is kind of the example we've used here. You'd be looking at a dual-key apartment or a room-by-room -room rental. But I just want to show the figures or change the figures so you can really grasp it. Now, in that case, even though we've moved to a high-yield property, it still requires topping up of $237 per week. Now, bear in mind, that is still a worse cash flow than if you'd put in that cash deposit that Andrew talked about just before. So putting in a cash deposit, or a sizable cash deposit, in this case it was about just over 25%, that has a larger impact, a larger beneficial impact on your cash flow compared to if you had gone for a higher yield property. And I think you've got to remember, you've got to be at the right age and stage or require this for your portfolio to be wanting to focus on yield-based properties because yield-based properties won't go up as much in value over time as a growth property, a normal townhouse or a house. For that very reason, generally speaking, people would buy these when they're in the crossing the finish line stages of their investing journey. So towards the end and when they're retiring and wanting to live off the rental income. And of course, the only factor we're really looking at here is the cash flow. We're not considering capital growth in this analysis here. And if you were making an investment decision, you'd then decide, well, which way are you going to go? Now, the last factor that I really want to look at, though, Andrew, is the type of property and how it's taxed. So why don't we change the last one to an existing property? Okay, so if we change this to an existing property, therefore, there is no interest deductibility. Now your contributions have gone up to $476 per week. Now you might be thinking, how the hell did my payments go up despite the fact that none of my costs have? Well, that's because now on top of all your expenses and making a loss, you've also got a tax bill to pay because in the IRD's eyes, you make a profit of $15,000 a year. And so you've got to pay $5,000 or $4,909 in tax. This is the really interesting thing. So even if I, and you guys on YouTube can see this, I don't know what it's going to do to my, my lovely looking graph if I hide all of these columns just so we could get a really good sense of what it looks like. I think it's going to hide them. Oh, this actually looks quite good. The interesting thing, <laughs> joke, is that if we just change the property type, look what happens to the taxable profit. So because our $35,000 worth of interest costs are no longer deductible, no longer counted within the tax calculation. Instead of losing $20,000 in the IRD's eyes, we are now making almost $15,000 in the IRD's eyes. Now, what does that mean? We've then got to pay tax. So rather than having no tax bill or actually getting a taxable benefit, we now have to pay almost five grand of tax. And that's why our weekly cash flow is about $95 worse off per week because we've just purchased an existing property. Now, bear in mind that if we buy an existing property, this is the reason why we always say you must renovate. Because if you just go out 
and buy an existing property with a 4.5% gross yield in Auckland and rent it out, you are got to have that additional tax to pay. So this is why we always say you've got to renovate. It's interesting that the existing property, you're almost the same cash flow as if you bought a new build and paid principal on it and actually got ahead by paying down principal. It looks like about a $40 difference per week compared to those two options. But if we were to summarise this, what has the biggest positive impact on cash flow, Andrew, based on these numbers? How much cash you've got. So if you've got cash to put in as your deposit, you can make a cash flow of a property look a whole lot better. Yep. After that, you've got buying something that is slightly higher yield. In this case, we've used 6%. Getting that lower interest rate comes after that. And then the two main factors that have the worse impact or the negative impact are going principal and interest and then buying something that doesn't have interest deductibility. But the thing to remember is if you don't have a cash deposit right now, it's going to take you a long time to save up $150,000. So you might just want to suck it up and make the $400 a week contribution now and then wait for interest rates to come down a little bit or a more normal long-term average and then have your payments go down that way rather than trying to save $150,000. And Andrew, one other thing people often do to try and save on costs is... Cancel their property management. Not use a property manager, do it yourself. And I just want to show you the impact that would have. So if you didn't have a property manager and you found the tenant on your own, it would save you around about, call it 50 bucks a week, just over $50 a week by not using a property manager. And that's budgeting for a leasing fee or tenant sourcing fee every single year, which often doesn't happen. In a best case scenario, you might save yourself $50 a week. And I just want to show you, compared to some of these other factors, does it move the cash flow as much? And the answer is no. Now look, saving 50 bucks a week, if that is really important to you, I mean, I think you're bad if you want to manage your own property. But look, some people do it and they absolutely love it. I won't begrudge you for it. So if saving that 50 bucks a week is really important to you, maybe managing your own property is something you want to consider. But I just want to show you that in the grand scheme of things, the things that really move the needle are your interest rate, having a cash deposit, and finding the high yield property, and obviously going interest only and paying less tax. Those are the main things that are going to have that positive impact on your cash flow. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And of course, if you want to see the visual version of this, head over to our YouTube channel. You can see all of the graphs moving. Just Google Opus Partners YouTube. It'll be the first thing that comes up. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights that help you get the most after you sell the property market. Until next time. <laughs>